What's going on, Bench Warmers? This is Nico O'Brien here, one half of the Far to the Bench crew. Um, this week we are on episode six. We come at you hot with Jimmy talking about his Cincinnati Bengals and how god awful their kicker situation is. Oh my goodness gracious! I guess it's not as bad as Tennessee's, but whatever. Let Jimmy have his fun. But man, do we uh, talk about those Denver Nuggets? Oh my goodness! This is the best story going on in Denver. Fraud Colorado. City, stand up! Fraud City, we are. Coming in live from from a 303. We love this town. We love that team. And we are behind you 100% Devin Nuggets. Keep working. We are going to beat LA one more time and get ourselves to our first NBA Finals conference, NBA Finals appearance. Um, hope you all will enjoy this episode. Um, let's uh, let's get into this, Jimmy. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get in because Goskowski missed those field goals, so they definitely need a new starting kick. Well, we can't kick. Let's just do the pod. Are we? <laughs> uh, okay. Poop day? What's up, bench warmers? All right, confession time. I'm a Bengals fan. I've been a diehard Bengals fan for about 18 years now. And to be honest, that hasn't always been the easiest thing to deal with. Nico is able to claim bragging rights. He's seen a Super Bowl in his lifetime, and he got to start it off last week with the center of attention talking about his team. But I wanted to talk about the Bengals because I think their talent and the way that they can turn themselves around is slipped on. And I, I think that they're going to prove that tomorrow night, prime time. When you're listening to this, you'll be able to listen to the podcast and then watch the game that night. Joe Burrow, I don't know if you saw over the weekend, but he had a 22-yard rushing touchdown, first touchdown in his career. They have Logan Wilson, linebacker. They have Jermaine Prant, rookie linebacker. Those guys are stepping up. A.J. Green is back. Joe Mixon in the backfield. There's there's not a lot of bad that's that can be said about this Bengals team. They're a good team. They're moving in the right direction. They are not going to be the doormat of the division. They're going to prove it against Cleveland, and I think they could steal one or two games away from Pittsburgh and Baltimore. This could be one of those seasons that nobody came in expecting. But I just wanted to give you some history into the Bengals and why it is such a bad situation. Uh, I believe it's January 30th, 1991 is the last time that they won a playoff game. It's been over 30 years, so nobody, the starting quarterback for the Bengals wasn't even thought of yet. It's still two years before he was born. Uh, And um, the last time that we had a chance to win in the playoffs was 2015 when you saw the suicide bombing of a clown. Vontez Burfick took Antonio Brown's head off and put them into field goal range. So it's been a rough time, but it's turning around. And all I gotta say is who they, who they, who they say gonna beat them Bengals? Nobody. How about them Denver Nuggets, baby? Came back from three one, not once but twice. Oh my gosh! If you live in here in the Mile High City and you're not watching these Denver Nuggets, I have a problem. There's a problem with you. You need to tune in right now. Watch these, watch these Denver Nuggets because they deserve your respect. Are you kidding me? Not once, but twice. I'm sorry, Jimmy. I'll go on my own little center of attention rant here, but I gotta do this. That win on Tuesday night was for Chauncey Billups, man. The man who brought put Colorado basketball on the map. That win was for Alex English. That win was for the Kimbe Mutombo, for Marcus Camby, Kenyon Martin, Andre Miller, Ty Lawson, Gallo. The list goes on and on. That first time in the Western Conference Finals since 2009. Since that the last time we were there, 11 years ago, Chauncey Billups and Carmelo Anthony were rocking the power blue and gold. Man, what a freaking time it is to be a Denver Nuggets fan. Watching that game Tuesday night, whew, man, it, it, it brought tears in my eyes. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been going to Denver Nuggets games since I was three or four years old and with, my, with my dad. And watching that game with him on the couch, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. I, 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 we embraced it a huge in a huge hug after that game, man. It it brought so much joy because this team has been through so much. Going back two years against, against losing to Minnesota on game eighty two and not making playoffs to last year heartbreak against Portland, man. Every it, it's 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 so beautiful to watch this team. I am so sick and tired of hearing about the Clippers. So done with it. What did Herb Dean say? I'm sick and tired of hearing about the Soviets. I'm sick and tired of hearing about how good LA is. 
Fuck your LA Western Conference Finals. I'm done with that shit. This is our fucking year. Are you kidding me? This is it's been a long time coming. Nuggets fans, you 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 you're here with me. You you rehear everything everyone's been saying. You hear that we this no one thought we'd make it to seven games. Little no one thought we'd win three games. Let alone win four. The best team always wins a seven game series. And I'll tell you right now, Fraud City, Mile High City, stand the fuck up because this this year we're fucking rolling. <laughs> if you're gonna pick a team that embodies the personality of a city, I don't think that you can pick a better team for Denver than the Nuggets. They're very talented. There's a lot of stuff that comes out of here. But it gets slept on a lot. And then you, you get some certain times where you can come in and show what you're actually worth. And I think that's what we saw the other night in, in that series. I didn't expect him to win. I didn't expect him to win by 20. I, I damn sure didn't expect that. And nobody did. It was smart basketball to bet on the Clippers because that's just what everybody was saying. But this is a, this is a, it was an attitude win the other night. And now they match up pretty well with the Lakers. I'm... It's tough to go against it. I'm going to keep going against them because I don't want to turn back and jinx it. I know you've been on their train a little bit longer than I have. I, they're still frauds, and, I, and Jamal Murray's not a true superstar, so now he's going to go off for 60 points. You know that's not my true feelings. I'm proud to be in, in the state where the Nuggets are. I'm not going to call myself a Nuggets fan because I haven't been watching close enough, but fuck yeah. It's, it's a great thing for Denver sports. It's like when, the, when Peyton Manning was bringing the Broncos always to the playoffs, and you just knew that the Broncos were going to have a spot. In those four years that he was here, this is a similar feeling to that, to where now we can compete in the Western Conference Final. Well, like I've been saying, man, I've been watching the team since I was three or four years old, and I and I kid you not, man. Before I knew how to put my hand in the dirt and get off the ball, before I knew how to catch a lacrosse stick, I had a basketball in my hand and I knew how to shoot the ball. That's just something that's in my blood since I was born. That's just something that this Nuggets team. It's not It's not a sexy team. The Nuggets, when I tell people I'm a Denver Nuggets fan, they look at you like, oh, your team's always mediocre. Never able to get over the hump. This team finally put on for the 303 and made sure that put everyone on this notice. I know football happened this weekend. I know the Big Ten is back. I know all that. But I'd be damned if we don't talk about the Denver Nuggets first. Because this team deserves everyone's attention. Every single person in the nation desert, should keep their eyes on this Denver Nuggets team. Jamal Murray. Nikola Jokic. I'm going to say this outright, and this, this 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 has been blowing my mind. This hasn't been talked about enough. MVP of that series was Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant hit open threes all series long, and he locked down Kawhi Leonard. And I mean locked him down. Dude was stagnant, wasn't there in game five, six, and seven. Is this your king? Is this your MVP? Is this your, fi- is this your whatever, best player in the league? No, not on my watch. He... he- it's, it's an incredible thing to shut down somebody that people bring in to win championships, and that's what happened with Jeremy Grant. I agree with you. Nikola Jokic, uh, I, I heard the debate raised today, AD versus Nikola Jokic in this upcoming series. Who's the, better, who's the best center in the league? Uh, that's what it, this series is going to come down to because AD has been a big part of why the Lakers are where they are, and Jokic is a big part of where the Nuggets are. But in this matchup, who has the advantage? Well, I mean, if you look at the voters, first team, AD is quote-unquote a center, considering he doesn't play center on his own freaking team. I mean, if you look at the Lakers, I mean, besides last series when they went small ball, majority of the season, AD played the four, was not a center, played the power played the power forward, and then the freaking first team, all NBA voters, decided that AD is a center. And that's just ridiculous to me. The thing, the thing with the Nuggets – we match up a lot better with the Lakers than we do the Clippers. Let's be honest here. Our guards are a thousand times better. Monte Morris should could be a starting point guard on the Lakers. Because the Lakers, if you think Caruso can guard Jamal Murray, get off the weed. Get off, stop smoking weed. I'm sorry. You're losing your mind. The only problem we have is who's go, if, is we have to stop the greatest player of all time. And I know that I, people hate me saying that, but LeBron is, not, LeBron is a different animal come playoff times. The, the way I see it is the Nuggets have to do two things. One, we have to have a big series out of Jamal Murray. We can't have games where he, he he falls asleep and he's not the main focus of attention. LeBron's not going to be able to guard him the whole night. If we're, and they're going to have to rely on Rajon Rondo, Caruso, um, Danny Green to guard him. And I take Jamal Murray in that matchup nine times out of ten. 
There's no, there's no doubt in my mind. But the thing is, you need to, you have Jamal to stay consistent. And the second thing is, you have to shut down one of them, one of the big two. You have to shut down either AD or LeBron. You have, you can't have both go off. If both go off, it's you're not winning that ball game. If you're able to shut one of them down on any given night and make their role players beat you, this team, we can beat this team. We can beat this team very easily, very, very easily. Yeah, well, best case scenario is what happened last night, where you shut down the two best players on the other team. And your offense is consistent. I agree with you. At least take out one. If both guys score 20, it's a bad night. But if one scores 20, you can hold the other one down. It's going to be a better series. I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. But now, where do you see the NBA, the Eastern Conference Finals going? I know that Boston just lost the first game. The Heat were able to – it was a heavyweight fight. It looked like a great game going through, but um, can anybody on that side stand up to the Lakers better than the Nuggets? Do you see the Nuggets making it past the Lakers? That That's the where where we're at right now. Eastern Conference Finals, the Heat and the Celtics are going to slug it out, but then who's going to stand up to the Lakers? Who, I, who out of those three can stand up I mean, up to? I'm definitely biased in saying this, but I think the Nuggets do have the best shot here. If you look at Boston, Boston doesn't have a big guard, Anthony Davis. I mean, Miami, it, they're, they're young. I love the Heat, though, I'll be honest with you. I mean, if anyone knows me personally, knows that, I, I mean, I've been able to, the privilege to meet Pat Riley, meet Andy Ellsberg, who's assistant GM down there in Miami, and be a Heat fan through Chris Anderson through the time being when he was down there. And it'd be a dream come true to watch Heat for Nuggets in the finals. Are you kidding me? Two of my favorite teams go head to head. It'd be beautiful. But the Nuggets have to take it one game at a time. I mean, Mike Malone did an incredible job with defensive adjustments. Jokic is playing. We were. I was hard. I was harping on Nikola Jokic two weeks ago, three weeks ago. When we were playing Utah, and his defense was horrendous. And now. He's locking down Montrezl Harrell, locking down um, Zubac. I mean, these these are players aren't Anthony Davis. He's going to have to take that next step, but that is a step in the right direction. I mean, the Nuggets need to take it one game at a time. And I swear, please don't put me in another three-one hole. I if, if yeah. I, I wouldn't. I, I love being the comeback kids and I love being the underdogs, but please don't put us in a three-one hole again. Yeah, that is that that would be something, huh? But that's some. I think that's one thing that is underappreciated is the job that Michael Malone did with Nikola Jokic in becoming, molding him into a true superstar and a, a team player who knows his role on both ends of the floor and isn't just an offensive star. Um, because there was a time where Jokic kind of struggled with his attitude and didn't play his tough defense, but now he really wants to be that all-around leader on the court. And I think that's a tribute to Michael Malone and how he's kind of built this team. Because ego-wise, you don't really have – like other than Michael Porter going out, coming out a couple weeks ago and saying that he needs more shots, everybody plays for the, everybody else on the team, and, and that's rare in today's professional sports that, that you see guys just playing for each other in the, in the name on the front of their jersey rather than the name on the back. This this is exact. The, the Mike Malone is adopting the Popovich basketball style. When he had Tim Duncan, when he had Tony Parker, had Ginobili. I mean, if, if you look at like I'm not comparing Jokic to Tim Duncan, and I'm not comparing Jamal to. Tony Parker yet, but we're te- our team is built exactly like that. Mm-hmm. You have your two centerpieces. You have the ball funneling through Jokic, going. I mean, I mean, they're doubling him, and that was the stupidest thing you could have done. They needed to force him single shots because he is the best passing center in the NBA, and I would arguably say that he's the best passing center of all time. That's that's that's, that's tough because obviously I, I didn't get to watch Will. I didn't get to watch our Travis Sabonis with Portland. I wasn't able to be fortunate to watch those, but. Based upon his offensive skill, he is the best passing center of all time. And it's just ridiculous that – I mean, it's not it's ridiculous how much slack this team gets because people think, Yo, yeah, he's an all-star, but that's it. They don't have anything else. Are you kidding me? Jeremy – like I said like we said, like I said before, Jeremy Grant has done such a big, a pivotal person in this whole series. Paul Millsap's going to be pivotal. I mean, we saw Mike Malone make the adjustment and threw um, Jeremy Grant on Kawhi Leonard. Do we see Jeremy Grant go on LeBron, or do we see Jeremy Grant go on um, Anthony Davis, or or do we have Millsap on Anthony Davis? Who knows? That's the that's the luxury you have. And the little thing everybody needs to take note of: Will Barton, the third, is training in Florida, and that man has a good shot at coming back. There's there there is it was reported, I believe, game. 
it was either game three or game four that Will Barton was training hard and he was recovering well. And having him poss- possibly come back, it probably wouldn't be game t- till game three, four, or even later in the series. But if that's a possibility, that's a that's a fantastic thing. Yeah. That is fantastic because even though Will Barton is going to take your offensive offense away from Jokic and Jamal, that's another scorer that you can add to that starting lineup. He may he's not as good defensively as a Tory Gregg, say, but that's another offensive threat that can that'll dig deep into that Lakers second second group. That's how you make up for the disadvantage of having to play so many games so far in the playoffs where the Lakers are going into the game six or whatever and we're going into a, a double di- double di- digits I think at this point. Um, Jokic is I think I think Jokic gets the advantage when I look at the matchup between him and Anthony Davis because, yeah, you're going to get – you expect to get 16 points and 22 rebounds out of your center, but the, what the X factor that he brings is the 13 assists, and I think that's what you're talking about with – it was dumb to double-team Jokic because that's what he wants to do anyways, but that's the X factor, and that's what – if he can keep that going and move, maneuver the offense through him and he doesn't want to score – he doesn't have to be the leading scorer of the game, that's going to be – uh, I think what pushes them through, and then Will Barton coming back would be would be another X factor. But that's how they mitigate this seeming lack of star power, because I think that's what people are looking at in the series, and that's why a lot of people are picking the Lakers easy. The Clippers were so shook in Game Seven; they were double teaming Jeremy Grant in the post. That's how shook they were. They were throwing double teams of Jeremy Grant, leaving Jamal Murray open, leaving Gary Harris open, leaving these players like that. That if we're hitting. We're gonna be winning ball games. Are like they it, the mentally weakest team in the NBA? The Clippers? Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, we talked about the Nuggets. We gave them love, so now we'll join the rest of the media and give shit about the Clippers. Because holy cow, what a fucking catastrophe yeah, that, was. that was. I'm I'm gonna say this first outright, and it's very controversial and. It's it's ridiculous. I'm saying this is that Doc Rivers is not a championship mentality coach. Doc Rivers won one championship in his career, and that was with Boston. He got gifted, and I mean gifted, Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. That Boston team literally never did anything. He's the only NBA coach in NBA history, only coach in NBA history to ever lose a three-one deficit. Not once, not twice, but three times, three different decades. Two thousand one with Tracy McGrady with Orlando in the second round against Philadelphia. Then he did it in twenty fifteen against or with with the Clippers against the I believe it was the Rockets. And then obviously um, this year when when the Clippers lost to the Nuggets. I mean, if you're the Clippers, Paul, like it can't be all the blame on Doc Rivers. Because Ballmer made some questionable things, like questionable moves. Like Paul, we'll get to pandemic B in a second. But Doc Rivers is on the hot seat 100. percent That may, he he is a great coach. I give him that. A lot of, good on, on the defensive side of the ball. But you have you're the title contenders, and you lose three straight games. Are you serious? Two of them when you're leading 16 points at at one point in the game. You blow sixteen point leads in two games. Every single game that they those last three games they were up by double digits. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Kawhi Leonard, MVP, quote unquote best player in the NBA. I I, I don't want to hear his name come up again in any conversation about him being the best player in the NBA. I am sick and tired of it. He he's top ten, but he is not top five. He is not top five anymore. That man was gifted. In San Antonio, he was lucky. He he is a he's an all star on a championship level team, but he is not the leader of a championship team, and that's what this Clippers team expected from him. Mm-hmm. In San Antonio, he had Tim Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker. In Toronto last year, he had Kyle Lowry, Siakam, who were leaders. They got their team up off the ground. It wasn't Kawhi. They ex- just expected Kawhi to go out there and, sh- and get buckets. This Clippers team was all bark, no bite at all. Not one at all. Kawhi, they were looking to Kawhi to take over the game and get the team pumped up, and he wasn't doing anything. Literally nothing. Yeah. That's a that's a mismanagement of personnel because that's not – nowhere has Kawhi ever let on that he was going to be that kind of a leader. He's never – he's more of a I'm going to do my work on the court. I agree with you. He's more – he's not a role player because he's a star and he's a very talented star. He's too talented to be a role player, but that's what he kind of brings. He's he ha- He can't be the emotional leader. And and that was evident as and the Clippers didn't have that. I, yeah, I mean, l- l- listen to this stat. So the Clippers in the offseason traded Shea Gilgis Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, shout out Gallo, Il Capo, the legend, Italian legend, Gallinari. 
Um, and then they traded four, sorry, five first round picks to the OKC Thunder for Paul George. How many field goals did Paul George have last night, Jimmy? I believe none. He had four. Well, that okay. The 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 the, the Clippers traded more draft picks than he had points. Than he had points for in Game Seven, and this is your top twenty five player in league. Hell no, he is not a top thirty player in this league anymore. I'm sorry, PG. I'm. It's unfortunate what happened to PG. Obviously, his leg injury when he was when he was with Team USA in Indiana completely derailed those his in, career. Those Indiana teams were teams that were competing with LeBron. He is by he is way past his prime. This yeah. is Paul George is not a star in this league anymore. Right now, Paul George is Gerald Wallace with a Nike shoe contract. Let's be honest here. He is a role player. He is not a star. He is nothing to this team right now. And if you're Kawhi Leonard, if this happens again next year, Kawhi has an opt out clause. Yeah. Why the hell? Would he not go over to Giannis and be like, "Hey, you want to team up? I'll come to Milwaukee on a short deal. I don't give a damn. I want to win another title. Why not? I mean, I, if, the, if the Clippers are fail to make the Western Conference Finals again next year, Kawhi's ass is fucking gone. Mm-hmm. He's gone. He should have stayed in Toronto. To, if you look at, there's a reason why Toronto was one game away from the Eastern Conference Finals again. Because that's how good the team they were. Yeah. It wasn't just Kawhi. It was not just Kawhi. No, because you, nobody just goes somewhere and wins a championship. Exactly. It wasn't just Kawhi. That team was. It was a team. Yeah. And that's why. And and now, oh my gosh! If if Kawhi wasn't there, that Clippers team would not have got past Dallas. Luka would have won. I'm gonna be honest with you. It would have been the same. It would have been the same old Clippers team where they're always like sixth or seventh in in the division. That team has no winners. Not no. a single person on that team besides Kawhi Leonard has made the NBA Finals. Paul George, nope. Pat Beverly, you haven't done nothing, and I mean nothing. Damian Lillard owns you. I mean, give him the fucking wave. I'm waving right now for all you listeners out there. I'm giving him the Damian Lillard wave because Cancun on three, baby. His ass is. On the beach right now, he tried a cheap shot at Jamal Murray too at the end of the game after Jokic behind the head passed him and just messing with them. And then he got an elbow in the face because he tried to cheap shot him. So he deserves everything he got coming from him. I mean, the dude had two points a game six and six fouls. Did nothing. Absolutely nothing. And you talk like you're, you're, you're all that. You could not start on half the teams or on most of the teams on this league. You're lucky that they have – that, I mean, that the Clippers are starting you because you shouldn't be on a team right now. You, you, Marcus Smart for the Celtics is what we, pot, Pat, what we thought Pat Beverly was. Marcus Smart is a hell of a defender, is gritty, and he actually comes to play on the offensive end. Pat Beverly is just all show. All bark, no bite. This Clippers team is, a, is an embodiment of the load management philosophy, <clears throat> and I feel like load management is – I mean, I don't, I've never played a basketball game, but I've played – Football games, you're very sore afterwards, so I imagine playing any kind of game with that amount of intensity is tough on your body. But I feel like the load management is just an excuse, and it's it's a lack of mental toughness because th- that's where I kind of thought this Clippers team was going to fall out when you had Patrick or Paul George and Kawhi Leonard sitting out so hey, many games no, in the regular no, no. season. I cut you off. It's Pandemic P. Pand- don't, don't we're not saying his name because he doesn't deserve that name. Sorry, you had continue. Pandemic P and Kawhi Leonard sitting out so many games during the regular season, thinking, "Oh, that when they're going to come back, they're going to be so talented, it's going to be this." But it, the entire it was just the mentality of the team, like we can just turn it back on, we can just turn it back on, and they just weren't that they weren't as talented as they thought they were. The undefeated came out last night after the game and saying that the Clippers couldn't play more than three minutes at a time. Are you kidding me? Imagine, if, you imagine if they played in Denver in Game Six, then and then had to. Play Are you this game. serious right now? No championship mentality at all. Mm-hmm. Jokic played forty minutes. That make a start left tackle for the Denver Broncos. Are you kidding me? He's three hundred plus pounds, and he played forty minutes last night. Or oh, I'm, I'm sorry, it's it's Tuesday night. We're recording Wednesday, but Tuesday night played forty minutes. Jamal played forty minutes. If your star players can't play more than three minute stretches, there's there's a real reality check there. There's a serious reality check. I mean, are you kidding me? Lou Williams, Lemon Pepper Lou Will. I had, I, had, I mean, if you follow us on Twitter, you'll see that I had a good old uh, lem, or Lemon Pepper uh, chicken wings for dinner tonight. And in honor of Lou Williams, absolute sucking and not doing shisa the whole series, I enjoyed him. I mean, he's probably at the strip club right now in Electric City in Atlanta enjoying those same wings. So, good for him, I guess. But he's not in the bubble still because his team <coughs> choked. Are you kidding me? This whole, this that team had more excuses than I've ever seen before in my life, and that all happens internally. 
it's a huge problem for the Clippers. I guarantee you, even if they would have won, they would have got swept by the Lakers. LeBron would have handled that team. That team was built to beat the Lakers, and they couldn't get past your Denver Nuggets. That is pathetic. Yeah, it was bad. Is that a worse three one? Uh, is that a worse blown three one lead than Golden State against LeBron? I'm not gonna say that because it was the finals. Okay. I'm not gonna say that, but it is more of a choke job. Yeah. By a superstar. That's by kinda, a superstar. That's, that's, it's Steph- more of a choke job by a team that shouldn't have had, shouldn't have been in that situation. The Warrior Steph Curry played great throughout that series back in 2016. Yeah. I mean, th- they're all their players were playing great. It was just LeBron was on a different level. But this series, you have you had three games to close it out. Three games in third quarter. I mean, except Game Seven where the second quarter was the big lead. But in Game Five and Six, you had a 15 point. At one point, Game Six, we were down 18. 18 points. Well, those Twitter threads were like. Fuck this! This is so fucking like they they need to pick their shit up, and then 20, 20 minutes later, oh shit, they tied it. Oh shit, they took the lead. Oh shit, they're gonna win this game. Oh my god, this team is unreal. It just kept going on and on. It was, <laughs> I had so much fun live tweeting that. I hope you guys are following along. They're man. they're like uh, Arturo Gatti and Mickey Ward, where they just have to take multiple roundhouse punches to the face, and, until they finally wake up, and then and then they just come alive. And I mean. The last few games where they came back and won by a good margin, they were showing their dominance a little bit. We won by tw- we were we were up by twenty with yeah. two minutes left. The Clippers went o- or Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in the fourth quarter of Game Seven went zero for ten. They didn't have a bucket until there's four minutes left in the game. Is this your is this your best player? I'm I'm gonna ask again. Is this your king? Are you kidding me? Quote the Killmonger from Black Panther. Is this your king? Because this sure as hell ain't mine. Jokic and Murray both outscored Patrick or. Er, Pandemic P and Kawhi. Thank you. I appreciate you adopting it. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, it's okay. But each of them individually outscored Pandemic P and Kawhi Leonard combined last night. I mean, I mean, Kawhi and PG they honored Kobe. Great, they had twenty four points together. Yeah, <laughs> like, 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 I mean, are you kidding me? I, I hate saying that because recipes Kobe Bryant, but the only person with with mama mentality out there for Game Five, Six, and Seven was Jamal Murray. Kawhi Leonard didn't show it. Paul George didn't show it. Patrick Beverly sure as hell didn't show it. Lemon Pepper Lou Will sure as hell didn't show it. That team is in trouble. If, if they don't win it next year, that team's gone. I mean, Steve Ballmer might as well try to move that team to Seattle. They don't deserve to be in L.A. That They're always going to be the Lakers' stepchild, and they just continue to show it. Yeah, it's, it's always bad. They are 0-8. In chances and game clinching or chances to go to the Western Conference Finals. That team has never been to the Western Conference Finals. But they're that, similar to they're like the NBA's equivalent to the Cleveland Browns, where every year they get hyped up or they make some big move or they have some hype. Like when they were Lob City, it's like oh they're gonna do something. They're gonna do oh they didn't even make the playoffs. Oh they won five games. They, oh that's great. They, they were the outright favorites and they just completely blew it. And that's not. It's not completely on Kawhi. It's on the great coaching of the Denver Nuggets and the great team. I mean, it brought it, it brought a tear to my eye watching Jokic and Jamal Murray hug after the game. It watching that team throw water on each other in the locker room, man. It, it made me feel like I was in that locker room, man. It, it it's such a good feeling because I know how many years that I've dealt with this man and dealt with mediocrity. And if you don't think this makes a huge culture change and makes people want to. Second look at the Denver Nuggets, you're completely wrong. If you, I mean, this the, people are going to start looking, and be like, man, I want to play with Cole Jokic. Mm-hmm. Man, Jamal Murray's a dog. I want to play with him. Are you kidding? That that's you just completely changed the whole direction of a franchise with that win on Tuesday night. That was the biggest game in Nuggets history, and it's weird me saying this because my dad watched the '96. 96 Denver Nuggets with Dikembe take down Seattle, almost come back on Utah. And how my dad's talking about those games, to me, I'm going to be telling my kids about this 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 run for the Nuggets. Whether we win or not against the Lakers, this is one of the most historic runs in NBA history. No one's ever going to forget the Denver Nuggets and what they've done this year. And it, it, I'm getting chills talking about it, man. It's it's so it's beautiful to watch, man. Jokic, Murray, Michael Porter Jr. is coming on at the right time. This team is so much fun to watch. If you live in the Mile High City and aren't tuning in, game one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven, because this series is going seven, I, th- you need a reality check. You don't deserve you don't deserve the Bron- 
Broncos when they win championships. You don't deserve the Avalanche when we're back on top. You don't deserve the Rockies in Rocktober if you if you don't follow this this Nuggets team. Rocktober right now it's it's Nugtember. Nugget Nugtember baby. Get get that through your head. Every person, every media outlet, every person, every newspaper in the Mile High City, get your eyes on the Denver Nuggets because they fucking deserve it. This was the step that needed to happen for the franchise, and it, and it finally did happen. I'm glad that Michael Malone, my favorite coach of any of the coaches in Denver, and uh, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray just earned their big-ass contracts because now they're going to be bringing in a lot of guys, and they're going to get some discounts on some on some high-end players, I think. It's the same thing that you got when <laughs> Peyton... Cough, Bradley Beal. <laughs> when you brought in Peyton Manning to the Broncos, you got to Marcus Ware, and you got to keep to leave at lower prices than they probably should have been at because they wanted to be here. They wanted to play for the culture. Um, and maybe we get, we start getting the nugget culture along with the heat culture, see where see, the, see where this thing goes. Oh, man, I would absolutely die for a nugget heat finals, like I said before. Oh, Jimmy Buckets against Nikola Jokic. Powder blue and red is going to be a strange color combo, combo dude. <laughs> that's that's going to be a little bit out there. But All right, so, I, I mean, we, we appreciate you all sticking through that. We'll, we'll get to the juicy stuff now because I know it's football. Football is back, baby. We have so, we had a great slate of games this past weekend. Nuggets are obviously the big highlight of Colorado sports, but you can't deny it. Being football, having football back isn't fun. It fall, it fall is in the air. Leaves are falling. I mean, we're wearing masks, but masks, but football is back, baby. And football, it is full swing. Football is fucking back. And we talked about um, we live tweeted Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football with the Broncos game, Broncos and Titans game. That was a little bit disappointing. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wanted to start. We'll start with the Chargers and the Bengals since that's one of the games that. We didn't get the live tweet because, uh, you know, they're never on in the Denver market. It's a it's a shitty situation. It's bad bad sports team to be a fan of then. But uh, ended up losing 16-13. Kicker faked an injury after he blew the, <laughs> the game-winning field goal. And it's, he's not even on the IR or, like, injured list at all. He's been completely cleared through practice. It was just a fake, fake an injury after he missed the field goal. Joe Burrow scored his first touchdown, rushing touchdown, on a design quarterback draw. So who says that he wasn't mobile? I don't know who did that. And um, he should have had the game-winning touchdown to A.J. Green. It was a bullshit pass interference call down in the quarter in the end zone. I thought that they looked way better than I expected. They struggled in in times, and I thought they were going to struggle. Um, And Burrow only threw for 200 yards, so it wasn't like he came on and, and dominated everybody. But it looked good enough for me to be hopeful for the team in the future. And whoever said Burrow couldn't run, get yourself a reality check, man. The dude, the kid is unbelievable. I mean, I, I had I had some fun with you, uh, chirping back and forth on Twitter. That's and, uh, yeah, that's why I got about back at you during, during Monday night. But yeah, I was like, hey, maybe you'll sign Gostowski, but Gostowski hit a game winner. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. But <sighs> Joe Burrow looked great. You, you all deserve to win that game. Um, and then that touchdown to AJ Green, it was a touchdown. It was a great toe tap. And it I wasn't mean, it wasn't push off. It wasn't a push off. It's 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 a rubbish call. I mean, it it's the unfortunately the world we live in because obviously the Saints call a few years back and now everything's a pass interference call. But I mean, Sunday night football came down to a bad pass interference call too. So it's it's just one of the things. The Bengals. I, I have a lot of problems. I'm going to be definitely tuning in tonight. This is Thursday. I mean. You guys are going to want to tune in tonight to the Browns-Bengals game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, the Browns, like we said, Browns were god-awful. Holy no, cow. Yeah, and this is it's interesting to talk about because we do the beats of the week. The Browns, I think, are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. It's ridiculous. At, it, I mean, they're at home, so technically you, norm, you normally you get three points when you're playing at home. But getting beat by 32 last week, giving up 38 points to – an offense that I think is comparable to the one that's coming in in Cincinnati. I don't see the Browns beating the Bengals. I think it's it's bogus to think that it's going to be that easy of a game. So why not take the Bengals covering the spread at plus five and a half? I think that's a great oh, – that, that would be a great line. That's a great beat. Are you kidding me? I mean, OBJ is going to ask for a trade any second now. Like I'm, I'm checking my phone waiting for him to ask for a trade. That, that Browns team is, is nothing. OBJ like, wants you to shit on his chest. Uh, the Bengals can shit all over the Browns on Thursday night. Hopefully they do tonight. So, I, it's, I mean, the, the Bengals have a lot more upside. It's weird saying that. Um, I'm sure it's weird for you to think about that too. But you guys definitely have a lot of upside. Just hopefully you can get a kicker. 
<laughs> something. Well, hopefully, you can get a kicker. PFT commentator. You want to be? You want to be the Bengals? No, player. he he already pledged his allegiance to Tennessee since he has his two coworkers <laughs> on busting with the boys. But it, it, I was listening to part of my take. And they were talking about how Randy Bullock just looks like that fat kid in dodgeball class. Like the, when you're in gym class and you're playing dodgeball, and he like he's kind of athletic, so you keep him on your team. But every time that he moves, and then why why would you fake that injury? Why make it worse on yourself? Everybody knows you fucked up bad. I think they said it was eight feet wide to the right, so they can even calculate how far away it was from the upright this time. But you're just hurting. Come on, you're man. just hurting your own, hurting Come your own on. self damn or damn self esteem. It's kidding? just a fucking joke at that point. You're just playing into the jokes just, of the Bengals. Just, just take it that you missed. Don't fake an injury. You're kidding me. It's you just, shanked it. You're not injured. It is what it is. You move on to the next week. But like, come on. That's don't ridiculous. give them any. There's a reason why my dad, when he was in college, used to make the kicker sleep in the bathtub. <laughs> Kickers don't get deserve beds. I used to, I wanted to get on board with the punters of people too. I, I like punters. I have a buddy Garrett who punted for me in college. For the brand, baby. But fuck, come on, kicker, come on, kicker. Oh, if while we're speaking about kickers, uh, we gotta talk about that Denver Broncos game Monday night where Gostowski missed three field goals. We, we can and talk an about the kickers. Point. I want to talk about he who shall not be named as well. Because there's a lot of bullshit going around, but we, we'll start with we can start with the kicker. Yeah, Gostowski missed four or four field goals, one extra or three field goals, one extra point, mm-hmm. and he hit, he redeemed himself and hit the game winner. Um, it's it, it if you, if you followed along on Monday night, I had a tweet at the end of it that said uh, there's three things that Broncos fans should be happy about. One, we had no reason winning that game. There's we had no reason winning the no. game at all. We should have been losing by 20 points. Two, um, 72 didn't have a holding call. We'll talk about that in a second. And number three, the Denver Nuggets are playing Tuesday night. So that's, I mean, like, like, I, like we were saying before, the, the Nuggets team deserves your respect, and that should be the main focus about Denver sports. But we gave them real love, so we'll give the Broncos a little bit a little bit of respect now too. That game, it was ridiculous. I mean. It's it's one of those games where you shouldn't shouldn't have been that close because they should have been down nine if, if Goskowski makes those three field goals. But also, they should have been. They had chances to score, and they just weren't taking care of care of what they needed to. Melvin Gordon with that fumble, that was a bad situation to be in. Um, and then they would just stall out at the weirdest times. Noah Fant was kind of that's who I picked as the Broncos MVP. Uh, Eighty-five yards on like five catches, had a touchdown. Only in the first half too. Yeah, he was. Not it, it, he was I mean, he was the threat that they drafted him at number twenty or. I, I think it, was, it was 18 or 20. 18 or 20 that. overall. That's what you drafted him to do. And he was um, kind of the security blanket for Drew Locke. I, that was good for me. Garrett Bowles not having a holding call doesn't really mean that he had a great game. And, and really, if you saw, if you watched where Drew Locke was having to roll away from, he was having to roll away from that side because he was still giving up quick pressure. He's just, like we were saying, he's not going to give up as many sacks because Drew Locke's not going to get sacked as many times as Joe Flacco is going to. Yeah, it's it's so nice as a Broncos fan not having to see Flacco or Keenum stand flat foot back there. I mean, it's not only on 72. Reisner didn't have his best game either. And um, Oh, we're about to figure out where this pat, where this offensive line is because you guys are going to Pittsburgh. And that's a fucking – I know firsthand that's a pass rush. I had to watch that game Monday night in the hospital last year uh, when they played the Bengals. But I mean, Andy Dalton got hit more than anybody I've ever seen in a football game. It, it was I was ready to throw the damn towel like in Rocky Four. It, it was re- it was time, and this this pass rush is no joke. Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt, Devin Bush, Minka Fitzpatrick, and in, in the secondary, this is going to be a a tough week. That Pittsburgh defense is going to be a problem. That would have been a hell of a game to steal on Monday night because now you got. The there, there's a very out. good chance we could go 0-3, and it's tough saying that because I, I thought we were going to go 500, and there's a good chance of that, but Pittsburgh is going to be a very tough task. It's going to be it's going to come down to if our defense can match them. The defense uh, did play really well. Our defense played great. It's going to be tough not seeing um, A.J. Bouye out there for a few weeks. That's going to be tough because he played great in the first half until he got hurt, and then obviously Phil Lindsay being hurt too. I mean, like I said last week, Phil Lindsay is RB1 in my eyes. Melvin Gordon had a decent game, but he runs East West way too much as a fullback, and you have as a fullback. I I, sh- I I know about how if a running back runs east and west, you're just causing problems for your old line. You're not able to get momentum. You're not able to get 
downhill and get extra yards and another going to relying on his speed. I mean, given he did have a decent game, um, I still hope Lindsey's able to come back, but Melvin Gordon needs to up and down the field. Like it's we're gonna our offense is gonna have to not rely on the run game because we saw what they did to Saquon. Holy cow, were they demolishing him? So that passing game is gonna have to go, and you can't not target Joe Fan in the second half. That's gonna be you have. No fan looked like Drew Locke's number one option in the in the first half, and he wasn't tired in the second half. You can't have that. And then also Jerry Judy, I love you, Judy. He 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 he's, 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 he's a stud, but you gotta catch the gotta ball. Gotta catch the ball. You gotta catch the ball. I, it probably was first game jitters. He'll probably fix that. But those were two big big drops. He dropped one on third down at the end of the game that we were driving. Could have got a field goal out of. Maybe would have made it a bigger possession game, so they couldn't have kicked a field goal. Who knows? But. It's just small things are going to happen that we're not doing yet, and that's the reason why we're not at the top of people's list and or to win the Super Bowl. It's because we have we're making small mistakes that can be adjusted, but they need to be adjusted if we're able to make um, huge improvements. This week is going to be a big. This is going to be even worse because of no preseason games. This is one of those games where you wish you had time to gel as a unit because that Steelers defense has been together for a while. And this is not the week to try and get your running game going because you're I, – I would say Melvin Gordon started running better once the offensive line. Cushenberry wasn't getting pushed back, and they were starting to put, get some vertical push on the line. But they're not going to get any of that this week. Yeah. This is going to be a week where Drew Locke's going to have to throw for 350 yards and three touchdowns because – The running game's not going to be there. No, it's – and I think they're going to have to score at least three touchdowns because Big Ben, I didn't think he looked great on Monday night before the Broncos played, but I did think that that offense now has – has some things that, to worry about. Juju played really well. James Washington's a really good receiver. Um, and then Samuel, I think, was the running back. They go from, like, all-pro running back to all-pro running back. It doesn't yeah, matter. James Conner, too. James Conner's hurt, but the guys behind him are playing really well. So that there's a lot to worry about with the Steelers' offense, too. It's not just their defense now anymore. No, yeah, I completely agree. The one the one good thing, though, that I take away from that Broncos game is our – our interior on the defense is huge. Our, our D-line played incredible. Without, I mean, our linebacker core killed it too. Josie Jewell um, had a hell of a Josie game. Josie Jewell had a hell of a game. Alexander Johnson. It was it was very risky for the Broncos to cut Todd Davis uh, before the season started. But, I mean, Fangio has proven why he trusts Josie Jewell and trusting Alexander Johnson because they do play – they play I, lights out. That's one thing I wanted to talk about. It's funny. You, you might laugh at this. Dom, after they lost on Monday night, was texting me. He goes, "You gotta, you gotta have Nico eat his words because Fangio was not ready for that game, and and the Broncos did not. They should not have. They should have been in a way better position. And I think Fangio kind of blew it at the end with the the clock management and not putting the team in a, in a chance to win. How you don't call timeouts, man? Like, come on. Like, I, I so. My whole thing was like, okay, I don't mind that we didn't use the timeouts at one point because there's 20 seconds left, and we got the ball at the 25-yard line. That means if you run at least three or four quick plays down the middle of the field and call timeouts, you can get field goal range. But that didn't happen. Drew Locke used 10 seconds off the first play, and then we only had another play after, one more play after that, which is Hail Mary situation. There was a chance for us to get in field goal range. Mm-hmm. I know 20 seconds doesn't seem like a lot of time, but – that if you have three or four quick ten yard passes, you can easily get in field goal range. Call use use all the three timeouts. So although he should have called those timeouts to give us more time, I do. He, he I mean he came out and said that he should have used them, and I agree completely. But you could have managed that a lot better those last twenty seconds. I think this is going to be the time. We're finally at the point with the Broncos where if they struggle, it's on the coaching staff. There's been a couple years where you've been able to argue, is it the talent level on the team or is it the coaching staff? Now you're at a point where you have all these weapons on both sides of the ball and both sides are playing well, that if you're struggling and you're losing these games where you don't manage the clock well, it's the fucking coach's fault. It's not the player's fault because the players are doing all they can. It's very difficult to be great in spite of your coaching staff. Yeah, I'll, I'll give Fangio credit. He did call a hell of a defensive game. The game plan against Derrick Henry was great, but you have to work both sides of the ball. You have to be that coach to call the timeouts, and I do agree. I mean, as I good as his play calling was, that's an off, that's a D coordinator's job. Yeah. Now you have to take the head coaching job and call those timeouts and be clock management. The I mean, the coaches who call their own offensive plays have struggled with this for years. That's why Andy Reid, it took him so long to win a Super Bowl. Because you're spending so much time calling plays that you're not – the head coach is there to be like the window dresser and make sure everything is on point where it's supposed to be. 
and you you're managing the clock where the timeouts are challenges everybody is back and that's basically all you're supposed to do you shouldn't be worrying about strategy you should be worrying about getting guys in and out making sure that you don't have penalties on the field and, and that's your job basically manage the clock that's basically it don't don't worry about calm plays give hand the keys over because that's what's going to need to happen yeah, I, hopefully he, we come back game two. I mean, we saw how dominant that defense was for the Steelers. Hopefully we're able to make things a lot easier on Locke. I mean, starting with 72, going all the way across the line, makes the life a lot easier on the running game because, like I said last week, the running game makes life a lot easier on a young quarterback. And if we're able to get Gordon going, life's a lot easier. So, But that's, I mean, it's going to be a tough matchup. Um, were there any other games you were looking at this weekend? Obviously, your team's playing Thursday night. Make sure to follow along with Jamie on our main page at FEOTB Pod on Twitter. Um, follow along with Jamie as he live tweets that game, as he gets live tweet his own team. Oh, yeah. That should be fun. It's going to be either great or awful, and you guys are, are going to get to experience it with me. The only other thing I wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk about who we thought was the most dominant team of the week. I think we're going to start doing this each week. Um, And just mention that the Broncos are last in their division since everybody else won uh, that week. So that puts this little two-week stretch where they played at the Steelers. And then who's the game after that? Uh, Uh, Steelers and Bucks. And then the the Tampa Bay. This is a very tough part of the schedule because you're going to have to start keeping pace. And the Raiders look way better than I thought they were going to. The Chargers, obviously, I don't think they should have won that game. But uh, this is, it's it's a pivotal time. So let's go into the oh, most dominant Before you team. say that, I do got to say you got to take that with a grain of salt, though, because the football, Washington football team and the uh, or Dolphins? Or not Dolphins? Not the, the Dolphins. Um, oh, it's the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. Division. It's the Jaguars. So take that with a grain of salt. No, I'm not, saying, point, so. I'm not saying that it, that's yeah. how it's going to stay, but like you're already one game behind everybody else in the division. So even if you're, ch- you're already chasing the Chiefs, it's chase the Chiefs. Don't chase the Chiefs, Chargers, and Raiders. Uh, All right, most dominant team of the week. Who's your most dominant team? I mean, it's pretty easy. It's it's Baltimore Ravens. Are you the the Browns looked like a middle school football team. That team was not there. Baker Mayfield was unable to do anything. That they were able. I mean, the the Ravens were added a whole new dimension to the team. Mark Ingram was a great running back for them last year, but having J.K. Dobbins back there now has added a whole another animal to the Ravens and and me personally I I have Lamar and Mark Andrews on my fantasy football team I love seeing those two roll so off you're not pissed off that they I, I was kind of mad that they traded Hayden Hurst you're not mad at I'm not they mad at all I mean uh, that's way more targets for Mark Andrews Mark Andrews balled out he, he he's showing why he's one of the best tight ends in the league but Lamar Jackson showed his MP, MVP self, so hopefully he doesn't have a mad curse. I mean, I guess we'll see. I mean, but you never you never know. I I, I think that won, team looked really good. Mahomes so. won the Super Bowl after being on the cover of Madden, so I think he broke the curse. That's true. Uh, my most dominant team of the week it ended up being the Packers, even though the score was like 35-23. Uh, really wasn't that close, and Rodgers four touchdowns and 350 plus yards. I think he missed on like eight throws. He's my. We'll we'll talk about him in our segments because he's he's a couple of my segments. But like, they look dominant. I love the way Matt Lafleur had that offense uh, working last season, and I think they got a little bit better on the defensive side of the ball. So that now they can compete in the playoffs because mm-hmm. uh, they were a little bit soft at the point of attack. They're not really that soft anymore, and that was a big big win over Vikings defense. Who the Vikings made it to the second to the same round of the playoffs that they did last year. Yeah, the Vikings didn't look as good. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers is showing why he's back in MVP form. Oh, Zadarius Smith also is. He, I would say he's reminiscent of Von Miller in his prime, mm-hmm. uh, pass rushing linebacker. Oh, he he looked he looked really good on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, that Packers team is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Who knows what Minnesota looks like? You're going to hear about Minnesota a little bit later too because they're one of my beats of the week. But it's it's I, I agree completely. It's still ridiculous to me that they drafted Jordan Love in the first round and not another weapon. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is playing this good right now still, he easily has another four or five years in his prime. And you just drafted a quarterback. You're telling me there isn't going to be a better quarterback four or five years from now? Yeah. You're, just, you're just being ridiculous. So. I, I think they were getting too cute and trying to be too cocky and end up with the same Rodgers to Favre situation. But it, all they really did was put even more pressure on Love, and then they're going to lose out and not have a, a quarterback in the future and not be able to cash in. But they also – I think they're one of the most – both the last two Packers teams, we can talk about this another time. We don't have to talk about this now, but I want to get this out here. 
I think the Packers are the two biggest wasted dynasties of the past 20 years with the Favre teams in the 90s and then Aaron Rodgers after that 2010 Super Bowl not doing it again, having all that talent on the team. The Packers are one of the teams that I think should have been a dynasty and missed out on the last couple. Yeah, the Packers should have definitely won another championship by now because you do have a generational quarterback at center or behind center and Aaron Rodgers. So, but I mean, move, moving on past football, we do got to touch upon this um, because our Avalanche aren't in it anymore, and the team we lost to just the took fucking it, stars. T- they took it to gold to Vegas, and they're moving on to the Stanley Cup final. And then four Tam- fucking one. And Tampa and uh, New York Islanders are game six aren't on third on today Thursday. So that's it's going to be another tough series. It's going it, it's tough seeing the Stars do well. But you can't deny how good Kudobin has played and how good that team has been playing recently. So it's tough. It's tough saying that, yeah. but that team has looked really good. I didn't think Vegas was going to fall flat on their faces like they, like they did right there, but they they should, didn't show up for that series. They had no answer for Anton Hudobin, and I thought you know, with Marcia Schultz and Stastny, I figured they were getting really good looks. Hudobin, he's a mixture of being so lucky and then just so cool, and it's almost like he's living in the Matrix where he's seeing the puck slow down at – frame per second and can just follow it in. Uh, I still think whoever wins the Eastern Conference is, is going to be able to give them a real good shot, but it's tough for me to say that they're going to beat – anybody's going to beat the Stars because they've won two tough series against teams I think they were not as good as. Mm-hmm. And they're playing as a, a very good team, and their young Stars are stepping up with that guy who had the hat trick against the Avalanche, and then uh, Radulov is scoring that will too. So they're, they're just – they got a lot of good things going for yeah, them right now. Yeah, if you're an Avs fan, you're rooting for Varlamov. Uh, I mean, Var- rooting for Varlamov and the Islanders, but I don't know how I feel about the Islanders in the Cup against the Stars. I think the Stars would have an edge against them, but look at a team against Tampa Bay, I- I'd give the edge to Tampa Bay for sure. I mean, like we, like you've been talking about literally for a month now. We're about to become a Florida podcast with the if the Lightning and the Heat make it to the finals. And we're the a Florida podcast. Yeah, we're, we're, we're about to be a Florida podcast. Because I, I love the Soviet – I'm going to call them the Soviet block on the Kita Kucherev's line with him and Braden Point and Andraj Palat. Mm-hmm. And people are forgetting Stamkos skated today, and he hasn't played this whole playoffs. So that's their captain too, right? Yep, could could get him back. Could be a game changer in the Cup final. Who knows? But um, besides that, we won't touch about hockey too much because uh, we hate talking about the stars. But. Shout out McKinnon for winning uh, the. I think he won the. It was the sportsmanship one. The yep, Lady it was the sportsmanship award, and he's a, he's on. He's uh, a finalist for the heart, heart and. Uh, the Ted Lindsay as well. All the all the guys in the finalists for the heart are also finalists for the Ted Lindsay, which is basically the same award. It's just worded differently. Yeah, and then obviously McCarr with the uh, Calder um, Trophy. Calder Trophy still. So hopefully Avs can come home with some hardware this year. But moving on from the NHL, uh, one more big thing. If if you if you know me, if you know if you listened to our last couple of podcasts, you know how much we love the UFC. Mm-hmm. And boy, do we have a good card this weekend. Oh my goodness gracious. Main event Saturday night: Tyron Woodley against um, Colby Covington. That that that's a main event that's been go- spewing on for about four years now. Everybody's been wanting that fight for years and years, and that fight is on is on ESPN Plus. It's not even pay per view. Yeah. It's going to be a, a great card. And then obviously. Um, one of my, my favorite fighter, Cowboy Cerrone, fighting a guy with my name, Nico Price. It was kind of a little weird that he's going to kick the shit out of a dude named Nico, but whatever. And uh, I'm, So I'm going to be watching that heavily because I'm a big Cerrone fan. I mean, I, I was at his last fight against McGregor. And it's we had a podcast how it after that one too. Yep, it was unfortunate how that ended, but hopefully he can get back on his horse, no pun intended, <laughs> and uh, get back on the, the winning streak here. But Tyron Woodley, that's going to be a great fight. Cowboy Cerrone. I mean, Mackenzie Dern's on that card. Yeah, I was about Kids to mention too. Her too. I mean, there's that that, that that's that's a fight night card. Like, yeah, are you Johnny me? Walker. Johnny Walker's a light heavyweight contender. There's a lot of contenders there's a lot on this of card. Great fights on that on that card, and we'd be reminiscing. I mean, Nuggets play Friday and Sunday, so Saturday. I mean, I don't know what the Saturday night football games are. There, but it's some college football, but I mean, honestly, at this point, you might. might I, I tune in until UFC October twenty fourth when the Big Ten comes back, and then everybody's playing again. Football is kind of eh, so college football. So, yeah, so, yeah, so give it, so give it, so give the UFC you watch Saturday night, and then go back to watch the Nuggets on Sunday. So that's that'll be fun. There, we touched upon it a little bit, but 
today they announced, or Wednesday, they announced that the Big Ten is coming back October 24th. 24th. So that's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. Um, I don't have really dogs in the race because I'm, I'm low, I, my school didn't really have a football team, so I'm a CU fan. And Pac-12 isn't Ooh. back yet, so that's a little tough. But we'll, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit, and as the weeks come on, um, college football is not in the present or not the main topic, obviously, because the NFL's back and then the Nuggets are doing so good. So that'll be topics going on in the next few weeks. But let's let's jump into our last few segments here. I think y'all are going to enjoy some of these. Um, I'll let you start with beats of the week, though. So all right, uh, it's gonna. Like I said, I'm not flipping completely and being 100% on the Nuggets bandwagon just because I don't want to be the one that curses it and jinxes it. I'm too, I played baseball for too long. I'm too superstitious, so I'm not going to be that guy. I'm picking, I have the Lakers right now. If they win in seven, it's plus 600, so it's a little bit more money. I, don't, I think if the Lakers win, it's probably not in seven. I think it's shorter than that. And I also have them in six at plus 310. So I think those are two pretty good lines on stuff that is likely to happen, uh, unfortunately. Mainly because I think the the Nuggets have played too many hard games and too many emotional games. They might just be drained at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 no doubt that playing 14 games compared to the Lakers only playing, I think it's 10 games, mm-hmm. will make a difference. So hopefully that won't affect the team. But so for my my beat of the week, I'll I'll counter you um, and go with. Uh, so right now for the NBA Finals, the Heat versus the Nuggets is plus 900 and. Just because I want to see it and be a dream come true, watching that NBA Finals, I'm taking that bet because watching, like I said before, watching the Nuggets make a dream, dream run into the NBA Finals would be a lot of fun, and then watching another underdog team that knocked off Milwaukee and then now now then would be knocking off Boston and Miami, that'd be a very very fun series. So that's plus nine hundred. I'm definitely taking that one. Actually, I took that this morning, but I'm definitely going to be taking that. Definitely, definitely something you should all be taking. So if you're, especially if, if you live in Denver. Uh, we, we want to mention last week because your time. Did we... Oh, 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 yeah, two weeks ago. Sorry, two weeks. Two ago. weeks ago, Daniel, Daniel, or time team, whatever it may be, um, won the U.S. Open. Got to talk about that a little bit. I did say he was going to win the tournament about two and a half, three weeks ago. He was and a plus a thousand favorite. It was plus one thousand favorite. So I hope y'all no. listen, man, dude. Obviously, unfortunate what happened to Djokovic, but. Y'all need to listen to us when we talk about Beats of the Week because we're, we're hitting some bangers. Jimmy hit that OSP knockout last week. And the under last week by half a point. And the under last week about the – By half a point. By half a point in, in, on the Thursday night game. And then um, me with my time pick, y'all better start listening because we're, we're spitting facts over here. Yeah, so. if you want to win some money, my next beat, uh, going to college football. And it's – more difficult, I think, to bet money on college football because you never know what's going to happen with 18 to 22 year old kids. But uh, North Texas Mean Green to win outright over SMU is plus 390. And North Texas, I think, is very capable of beating a team like SMU. Uh, if you watch their, their highlight last year of a guy who faked a fair catch on a punt return, North Texas returned it for a touchdown. They're still that talented, and I think that they have a lot of good things going for them. And plus 390, that's a good return on a team that's definitely not overmatched coming up in college football. Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, like, obviously as invested in college football right now, but I, that's definitely a big one. I mean, not, you got to love that team name also, the big – North Texas Mean Green. Texas Mean Green, so. The Mean Machine. Definitely take that. So, we talked – might be next beat of the week. We talked about it a little bit. Um, Tyron Woodley right now is plus 280 to beat Covington. That's that that I'm taking that man. It's a good line. I don't think there's a way in hell that he beats Colby Covington, but that's a good line. I, I mean, I I think I listen. I just listened to the um, hot boxing uh, podcast with Mike Tyson, Tyron Woodley being on there. He was on it a little while ago, but I just listened to that. And he, he sounds like he has a whole new perspective on fighting and a whole new mantra. So maybe he comes out swinging. It's a hey, it's a live dog. I'm not gonna not gonna lie. He yeah. still has knockout power, and we've seen what he can do with one punch. But in his last couple fights, he's been dominated by guys who wrestle, who fight like Colby Covington, guys that smother you. And Colby can throw hands a little bit better than he ever has before. I mean, his last fight, notwithstanding, when he got his jaw broken. But this is some. I, I just 
it's a live dog, but I don't think that it's going to happen. Yeah, no. The only the only other reason why behind, behind my pick there is Wilde has been training with Covington's old uh, training partner, Jorge Gamber and Masvidal. So maybe that'll give him a little edge because it's super necessary. Mm-hmm. Super necessary. So um, so for my last beat of the week, though, um, go back on the football side. So the Vikings play the Colts on Sunday. Um, I believe it's at 4 o'clock Denver time. And the, right now the Viking, or actually it might be the two o'clock slate because I'm thinking four o'clock Eastern. Sorry, two o'clock slate, and the Vikings right now are plus one twenty-five to beat the Colts, and I'm taking that because Colts looked horrendous, and I mean horrendous. And now you have Marlon Mack injured. Um, he's not going to be getting. It, he's not going to be help that running game, help Phillip Rivers out. Um, Phillip Rivers is the same Phillip Rivers that he was last exactly. year. Exactly, it's the same guy. Jonathan Taylor is going to have to take a lot more of that load. I mean, your offensive line is studs, but. I think Minnesota, they got their asses kicked by got by Green Bay, but I still think they're a sleeper team. They could make they could could make some damage because I think Thielen played a great game. Um, they still have Rudolph. Their defense um, played like absolute shit. So if their defense gets their stuff together, because they're pretty talented. I mean, if you're playing Phillip Rivers, he always throws to the other team anyway. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you have Harrison Smith at safety. You have Everson Griffin still, and then. Uh, their linebacker with the hair, I think Hendricks, mm-hmm. yep, Kendricks or something like that. But they have good players at each level. They just all have to be playing at once. They look, they look pretty sloppy. They look like they could use some preseason games. Um, they were one of the teams. Not a lot of teams look like they needed it, but they, the, especially the Vikings defense, really could have benefited from some more practice. Uh, my last beat. I'm only saying this so that I fucking jinx it. Stars to win the cup plus one thirty five. <laughs> Don't take it. Hopefully, it doesn't happen. If you tr- if you root for the stars, I'm sorry, but I, I really dislike you. Not as much as I dislike people who root for Chicago or Detroit. Not as a person, you're, just because you're poor sports. Yeah, it's just a bad poor sports bad sports <laughs> franchise. Jamie Benz is smug asshole, and then Tyler Se- Seguin or Seguin or Seguin, however you want to say it. And, and, and fucking Pavelski. You guys signed Pavelski, who's the most hated man in hockey. So fuck you guys. You knew what you were doing. Uh, uh, Star fans, we're, we're not coming at you personally. No, just, not, a, just, not just, coming at you personally. Just I just don't like the, the Stars team this year. Yeah, your, your Stars team is not a fun team to root for. So I, uh, we, this past week, we um, MPJ. I had the MPJ play of the week, and I lost to, to Jimmy's game winner on Braden Point, which is ridiculous. And then um, Jimmy won. Don't Braden, sleep on the hockey fans. Yeah, J- Jimmy Jimmy won on Andre or on the uh, Braden Point player of the week against Kemba. So that's. Very iffy, but I think I, I should win play of the week this this week because I think it's a little it's a lot more fun than you'll you'll see. But we'll start with player of the week, Jimmy. You you won, so take it away. All right, I got Aaron Rodgers as player of the week. I like I said, he I have the stats here. He went thirty two of forty four, three hundred sixty four yards passing, four touchdowns, no ints, ninety two point nine QBR, and a rating a pass rating of one twenty seven point five. Dude was on fire. Did you see that touchdown that he threw to the corner of the end zone, Devontae Adams? He's he's playing like he's 36 years old and he's almost 40. Yeah, you didn't want to play against Devontae Adams in fantasy football this week. I guarantee you that because he was Rodgers' favorite favorite target. Seven catches, 157. That team, I think, is a big sleeper in the NFC. I said it last week, and they they really proved it. So Aaron Rodgers, my player of the week. Yeah, so my player of the week, I was, I was, it was, it was a toss up for me. I, I had to go with the Nuggets pick because of how much fun this team is to watch, and it was a toss up between Jeremy Grant and Jokic for me, just because Jeremy Grant, like I said before, was the MVP of that series, locking up Kawhi, hitting knockdown threes, and stretching the floor. But I am going to go with Nikola Jokic because he is, like I said before, I just want to reiterate this: the only player in NBA history to record a triple double in, in, in a game seven, and he's done it. Twice. twice, not once, but twice. He's done it twice. Not only on top of that, last night he had he had a triple double in the third quarter. He also had three blocks to go with, alongside I believe it was two steals as well. I mean, the man played on a reel and brought this team back from the dead, along with Jamal Murray. Um, the Sambor Shuffle. The Sambor Shuffle. Jimmy called it the Sambor Special. I had to call him out for it. But I, I, I was multitasking at work. I had to write the special somewhere <laughs> else. It, it all ran together. I don't so, know. yes, that's that's my uh, player of the week. I'll, I'll let you go with the player of the week one more time because my player of the week, it's, it's comedy. I like that player of the week poll. I think I think you had to go with Jokic for star power to go up against Rodgers because I, I don't really – Jeremy Grant's probably not going to go up against Rodgers too well. Yeah. My play of the week – 
I'm I'm biased on this one. Joe Burrow's 22-yard touchdown run, first career touchdown in the in the life and times of our Savior Joe Burrow, our Lord and Savior Joe Burrow in the city of Cincinnati. Uh, that's mainly because it was a touchdown and they were leading for a good portion of the game after that. So I had hope at that point. And I like having hope, especially when it comes to the Bengals. Yeah, it's always good to have hope. So now for my play, like, oh, baby. Did you see that block on Paul George's shot? Hmm. By the side of the backboard? No. What a block, man. Oh, my God. It came out of nowhere. Paul uh, George, man, it looked like it was money and it just – that side of the backboard just came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> and that, that's not my play of the league, but I just wanted to troll a little bit because, oh, my God. Pandemic Jim, Jim, Jimmy, Jimmy over here who's oh, only he shot a basketball about 50 times in his life can probably get the, closer to the hoop than that shot was. No, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure I've been stuffed by the same backboard. <laughs> I mean, that, that backboard's been he's – a, he's a solid player. It's, it's tough to get over. And your shot, yeah, no, I've he, oh, he shot incredible defense, man. I, that that side of the backboard, man. Pandemic, top ten should pandemic be all defensive player. We got to get together. We'll brainstorm on how to beat that side of that side of the backboard. <laughs> so next year you don't have to doink it off the side. Maybe you could doink it off the front. <laughs> you, you'll transition into breaking it off the rim, yeah, and then pandemic P, baby, shout out pandemic P for helping the Nuggets move on to the Western Conference Final, man, helping us again. But in all seriousness, because I do want to win these, my play of the week has to be Bam's block. Did you see that block on Jason Tatum to end the game? I've heard. So, so, I heard about so it. at the at the end of overtime, heat up two. All right, heat up. Yep, they were up two points. Jimmy Butler had an and one on the other end. Jason Tatum rose up, came out of nowhere. Uh, Bam came out of nowhere, and he had literally had his whole hand basically in the rim and stuffed Tatum. One of the craziest blocks I've seen in a very, very long time. I think that's that's a great play of the week that's going to rival Burrow's run. Um, I only I had to troll Paul George or Pandemic P a little bit there, but Bam's block, I mean, there's a reason why he – he should have been all NBA third team instead of Gobert, Gobert, or Gogurt, whatever the hell, whatever the hell that man is. I haven't, I haven't talked about that man. In Rudy two coronavirus. Weeks. Rudy coronavirus. I mean, he should have been third team all NBA or MB should have been instead of Gobert. But I mean, that block by Bam, that that that's one of the best blocks I've seen since LeBron's block against Iguodala in the finals. So mm-hmm. that's that's because we don't get a lot of defensive plays. Shout out to play the league. So I gotta give it to Bam and that incredible block. To be fair, there's not a lot of defense played in the NBA most of the time. That's fair. And they're about to introduce the four point shot, so the scores are just gonna get outrageous. Hey, it's only in the big three. It's a four point shot, so that's that's fair. But, and the All Star game. Yeah, the All Star game too. So that's fair. But I mean, on on that note, um, be sure to. Uh, we got a couple shout-outs that we got to get to. Oh, we do have a couple well, shout-outs? Well, we got to shout-out the Lions Den, Lions Den podcast. Oh, shoot, you're right. Uh, because we didn't get to talk about that before we got shouted out on their podcast. It was uh, sweet of them, and and we, we – go check them out because I listen to them a lot, and they're one of the funniest podcasts that I can – that I, I know of going on right now. And they're a good hour, hour-and-a-half break of just laughs. Um, so, yeah, go follow go follow them. It's pod, at pod the Lions Den. For their social medias, and then uh, go listen to I think episode sixty one. They talk about Nico and I in, in the Far End of the Bench podcast. They tell you not to listen, but they're comedians, so they're really telling you to listen. Yeah, it's about the ten minute mark. Would have been cool if you were number sixty nine, but whatever. But yes, yeah, <laughs> shout out to the Lions. Then um, shout out to the Bus with the Boys Bustin too because the they boys, liked yeah. a couple of our tweets. Yeah, we I, I tweeted out at them that. Uh, we're diehard Broncos, or I'm a diehard Broncos fan, but I rocked my Bustin with the Boys cap. Um, it was, it was, and the it was, boy got in. The boy got, got in, in and made some Rashawn plays. Sean Evans throwing a haymaker in the first possession. Sean Evans almost knocked out Jake Butt with his helmet on. That would been that would been Jake. That would have been the life of Jake Butt. Blow your ACL three years in a row and then get knocked out on Monday Night Football. <laughs> that would have been. Oh. Yeah, yeah shout out Will Compton for getting in and getting. Yeah, he had a huge stuff in 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 the red zone that shut the Broncos down from scoring. So big big shout out to him. But yeah, subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast, review the podcast. If you listen on Spotify, follow the podcast. So you keep up to date on all the episodes. Um, And then follow us on social media at F E O T B pod on Instagram and Twitter. Interact with us through there. And uh, yeah, a lot of potential things coming up. You guys are going to want to stay tuned. I promise that. Yeah. There's some big moves happening behind the scenes, but this has been far end of the bench. Episode six. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace. This is a dollar belt.
Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices, I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire the beat. Elephants are getting ahead of me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man. I got the plan. I call the shooters, they out with the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Piled like a perk. I'm going here. I'm going crazy. I'm yeah, sticking up for nigga. Let that move like I look a sand. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out a nine and I sell it for 30 to show. 